up to 70% off. That's right, at Court Furniture Clearance Center. Get up to 70% off new retail prices and choose from a wide variety of previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. All items are court certified, guaranteed, and in stock, ready for delivery or to take home today. Make the smart choice and visit one of our five locations in the DMV or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off. We live in a world that's losing its religious standpoint, but is growing more spiritual every day. I spoke with the Reverend Linda Roche about where spiritualism is today and how it can grow in homes around the world. With an amazing resource such as Arthur Finley College here in the UK, where I first met Linda, she talks about how the stars aligned and spirits opened up the opportunity to attend the course. Um, it was one of those typical, one of those typical spirit-led things that um, I had seen a course that I wanted to do. I decided I couldn't do it because school holidays, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then I actually I heard Andy Bing do um, a spirit talk YouTube um, posting, and I thought, yeah, he sounds interesting. Maybe I can go. And then you know the world just opened up and some of my patients cancelled and this happened that happened and you know the waters the waters parted and I was able to go and, and luckily they had a space I'm Julian Jenkins and this is That's the Spirit Linda Rauch is a medium homeopath counsellor Wiccan priestess and spiritualist reverend I asked her what was the main driver for her attending her latest course at Arthur Finley College the reason why I tend to go, if I'm really, really truthful about it, is that it's lovely to be among other people, other mediums, other like-minded people. And that's the main call for me. Obviously, I love having the incredible um, teachings that we get with the, 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 the staff there who are really exceptional mediums. Um, and in terms of developing my mediumship, there's nothing else that, that compares. It's fantastic. Um, so, so that's all really good, but it's it's just great when you're in a, in a world where most of most of the people, materialistic people, who don't really value what we do, it's it's great to be somewhere where you know that everybody there does. We're so blessed to be part of such a wonderful organisation and movement like spiritualism. But speaking for myself, having worked in a very alpha male environment, it's sometimes difficult to admit that you're a spiritualist. It's uh, we, we are so blessed and it's any of us who do this kind of work, we recognise just how special it is. And it's not something that can be laughed at and, or something that um, can be marginalised. It's actually becomes it, it becomes so important, it becomes very central to, to your life. So it's very important to get the support of other people that understand that. Using our skills for healing is hugely important. How do you sort of encompass some of this into your homeopathy? Well, I think uh, one of the things, in fact, that we talked about um, with John Johnson, who is my teacher at Arthur Finley um, last month, was that actually a medium is somebody that not, you know, one, essentially it's a larger word than just somebody that brings through through spirit and, and gives messages from your dead loved ones. Actually, it's a, it's a way of life and that one day you can just kind of stand and beam being a medium without actually having to say a word and people will get everything they need, you know, you know, ultimately in an ideal world when people um, who come to see you are able to access that and you just stand there and you kind of 
channel the energy of spirit because spirit is imbued in everything that I do when I am my most expanded. Obviously, when I've had a bad day, I've had a fight with, um, you know, the postman or some silly little thing, the cat's been sick again or whatever it is, you know, you can track, you can track down into the the human life, into the human day-to-day, the the rat race, etc. But when you're able to hold that sense of expansion, that divine, then it, that being a medium is in everything that I do. In terms of actually using spirit guidance in my work um, and getting messages and actually hearing specific uh, words or, or um, ideas or whatever, I'm very open to that with homeopathy and I'm very lucky because I do have um, whoever it is on the other side of life, whether they were fabulous mediums, uh, fabulous homeopaths or, or doctors or whatever, but I do get a lot of very, very good information through sometimes it's remedies that I've never heard of and there are thousands and thousands of remedies. So any homeopath could not possibly know every remedy. And I'll, I'll hear it and I think, I didn't even know there was a remedy, I'll look it up and there it is just for exactly those symptoms. But I won't, um, I won't mix the two in the sense that it's always backed up with the homeopathic literature. Um, I won't just base it on I'm told a remedy and I'll give a remedy and I always check it out. That's you know the structure of homeopathy. We've discussed many times about where we're seeing dwindling numbers in churches, especially in terms of the Sunday service. But yet people are they have a thirst. They want to quench the tribe. Look at social media, how people gravitate together through community, and how can we? resonate with a much wider audience than we're currently doing and make it applicable and authentic for today's younger generation as well as everybody else and it was very interesting because ideas have developed since then in my mind and you know we thought I think again if you're sensitive or medium um, very often we've kind of all been searching for our tribe and that's one of the purposes of, of spiritualist churches is that that's a place where you'll find other members of the tribe so it's it's a it, for me a spiritual church like Arthur Finley is going to a place where I know that I'll be accepted and that I'm not just you know entertainment or a circus act or um, somebody to be teased or to be questioned. So that is a big part of the church experience um, um, for me and why I was drawn to going to uh, the spiritual churches in the first place. I I. Can't say I'm a regular goer now, partly because I do feel, as you were saying, that um, it's it's become a bit formulaic and that doesn't necessarily suit everybody. So finding new ways to allow people to actually get what they need. So we've talked about the fact that it's important to kind of find community. It's also important to get messages from, from loved ones. Obviously, that's what draws people to the churches. But it's also important to have a sacred space where people can feel connected to the divine or to spirit and sitting in a church when you really do feel the presence of the divine um, is really powerful. And that all depends on the medium. So I think what what it, what is this, the biggest anchor for creating a, a church that will attract people is the quality of the medium and their ability to hold the light and to project that and, and make that available to to the congregation. 
And the more that happens, the, the better the mediums are and the more connected they are to their heart and their own personal journey so that they have actually done enough work on themselves that they aren't just um, spouting words they don't necessarily uh, relate to, but they've lived it. They live mediumship on a day-to-day -day basis and they're, they're talking from their heart and they are standing there being, being spirit. I think that's what's going to draw people in, not necessarily singing hymns. That can have its place as well. Um, the inspired speaking maybe can have its place as well. But I think if there's more of a, a fluid experience in the churches, I think that will make it more relevant. We've spoken a few times, and one of the things that you talked about is the ability within a church environment to just be with spirit, be with the divine. And that is so important, but also so powerful. How do we continually look to develop that and, and make it so you know people will come back week in, week out? Well, the other thing is that, you know, we are creating a temple. I mean, that's where that I learned a lot from the, the Wiccan work that I did. You're creating sacred space. So everything should be connected to the, the whole point of why you're there, which is to hold the light and, and allow people to have that divine connection. And so everything, it, everything, everything needs to, to point towards that. So whether it's the color of the paint in the, in the room, whether, you know, the church itself is a church. When it's in a community centre and there's no atmosphere that's created in the bricks and mortar, um, you can create it if, if it's done with intention wherever you are. It doesn't have to be necessarily bricks and mortar, although obviously that helps. Um, just by having things around the room that indicate that somebody has purposely set up a space where you know the spirit is invited in. So there's that as well. It's, it's about it's about creating ritual and creating sacred space, and then raising the power, which which we do with the flow. And if you're if really if you're in tune uh, with spirit while you're working, that flow and that raising of the power will happen naturally. It's putting aside our own ego and just saying, okay, we're going to get it wrong. All mediums do. Um, there's going to be mistakes. That's okay. But I'm just going to do the best I can. I'm going to open up and then just let it all flow. You talk quite a bit about the quality of the medium, but how do we, how how do we improve the quality? How do we get mediumship to be better? How do we get it to the point where we can leave our inhibitions at the door, not worry about making mistakes, go with it, and also communicate? Stop this, you know. We don't want to hear you can only say yes or no. Let's have a communication. How can we, how can we support each other and make sure that we are all going in the right direction? Well, I think it all goes back to community. For, for ourselves, I think as mediums, we really need to support each other. And, and we really need to just get the message out as much as possible that, you know, if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. I mean, you did something on the, the Facebook group that you set up for the, the course. Um, you were supportive to somebody that, that struggled. And, and it, you have to. We have to support each other. It's the yeah. only way we're all going to get through this because the rest of the world isn't supporting us. Uh, we're yeah. constantly being questioned. So we have to support each other. And things like this is amazing. And I want to thank you so much for setting this up and congratulate you because this is brilliant for, for us mediums to know that there's going to be something like this once a week where we know that, you know, there's going to be other people talking about their journey and their experience. And and it's it's all about that. And I think we help each other. We grow more as a community. Uh, we will grow better mediums. You know, that's, that is that is. We, the way it is no man is an island and, and we really need to help each other 
and then the congregation will just come. We can't do it. We can't. We can't do anything about the congregation, but we can do something about ourselves. Talking about ourselves, tell us a little bit about your mediumship and your mediumistic journey to where you are today. Before I do, I just have to say a quick thing, a very, very important, is that you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of competitiveness sometimes in mediumship. And I think it's really important to recognise there's 6 billion or 7 billion people on the planet. I don't think we have to worry about being competitive at all. So I just want to say that sometimes uh, that comes up uh, and it stops people from feeling good about what they do. In terms of my mediumship, uh, well, I was, uh, um, I also in my bedroom at a very young age used to talk to spirit and used to get a bit scared, couldn't understand it. And it took me many years to find somebody. I think I was 21 by the time I met somebody who actually had any contact for this for me and, and gave me a, um, gave me a prayer, uh, a guardian angel prayer, which I then kind of used, and that was the only thing that I really had a lot of premonition dreams as, as a teenager, which was quite scary, but I, I shut it all down unconsciously. And then I studied everything from tarot, teaching, runes, astrology. Um, you're, you, you know, it was a lifetime of, of study. Um, and then it was probably about seven, eight years ago that a very good friend of mine, so I was doing a lot of um, psychic work, and, and she said, do the mediumship and I was scared because I, I was very sensitive like a lot of uh, a lot of us and I'd, I'd never watched The Exorcist but I'd, I'd heard about it so I was scared of the other side and I went to a workshop um, with a wonderful guy called Henry Cummings and he said there's scarier people in your own family probably than you'll ever meet on the other side of life and I thought about it and thought actually yeah certain members of my family can really wind me up it's unlikely that would happen from somebody on the other side, quite as extreme. And boom, that was it. That's all it took. And suddenly, all the gates open again. And, uh, you know, ever since then, it's just been about honing it and finding a way to feel comfortable with it um, and the way that I use it. In trying to spread the word of spiritualism and, and mediumship, do we have to be careful that we're not going to be able to have a one-size-fits-all policy? Right. Well, um, when during my initiation, my Wiccan initiation, that part of the ceremony is uh, one of the prayers is basically it's 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 the um, little phrase: "Don't throw pigs, don't throw pearls before swine." It's it's not that, but it's something equivalent. And I always think to myself, okay, it's very wise. To not offer what we do to people who, who are not willing or open to, to, to um, listening to it because you're just setting yourself up. It's great to have a conversation and you can, you can put energy into that if you have the energy. But personally speaking, I don't have the energy. If somebody wants to challenge me about the mediumship, I'm, I'm walking away. Um, in terms of spreading the word, people have their own personal awakenings at different points and that the light will go on for them and they'll think, you know, if there was a way I could connect with my mother, I would really love to do that. How can I do that? And I think they're there. So those people who are there will find us anyway. Those people who are not there, they're not going to find us. And I just try and limit my exposure to to negative attitudes, and, uh, not because I think it's wrong to do that, because actually for some people it's very right. But for me personally, I'm just a bit exhausted. You know, I'm mid-50s and I've kind of 
reached a point where I want an easy life. So for me, if somebody wants a reading, they're welcome to it. But if they want um, to ask me a million questions about how it works, why is it really true, then I'll probably send them on to somebody else who's willing to do that kind of work. If they want to learn, I'm totally open to that. But if they want, if they, if they challenge me, or oh, I don't believe it really, then, you know, prove it to me, then I'm not, I'm not about that. If you are going to teach somebody, what would be the number one Reverend Linda Rausch's tip? Be, well, again, Henry Cummings, the first thing he said, um, or the most significant thing that he said in the, uh, that first, first day that I went to was be brave. That's it. Be brave. Just brave it out. Whatever it is, you will have, even at Arthur Finley, there's always the weeping Wednesday where everybody starts to, you know, everything comes up and everyone's crying. Not everyone, some people. You know, it, it, bring, it really does take it out of you, this whole thing. Um, we're doing intense work, really powerful, really important work in the world. And uh, we pay a bit of a price because we have to be in integrity all the time. And therefore, we have to look at our own stuff all the time. Otherwise, we're going to be held up on it. Something's going to happen that's going to show us um, our own stuff. And so just being brave with the whole thing and um, keep going no matter what. And find friends. Build a community. Find your tribe. Um, don't give up. We're doing really, really, really important work in the world, and the world may not be, a lot of the world's not necessarily ready for, for what we do um, in the way that we want them to be, but that's a, that will happen. In another 10, 20 years, I think we'll be much more integrated into, into the culture that we live in. So at what point did you love the spiritualist movement that much to be ordained and, and become, uh, become a reverend? Well, when I was at school, in fact, I found my old school report recently when I was about 12. I was really good at Latin and I was really good at religion. They were my two good subjects. The rest were really bad. My father said to me that I was going to be the first Jewish pope. <laughs> so he put the idea in my head that uh, of being a reverend in some way. Um, I used to um, I used to do a lot of memorial services because I was a counsellor for... HIV and AIDS patients who are all heroin addicts uh, and uh, I saw a lot of people die and nobody wanted to do their memorial services so I, I used to do them with a, a very dear friend of mine and um, we I did a, I did a lot of um, ministering at that time so it's something I've always done and this was just putting a label on it really and again with the, initi the initiation with the Wiccan uh, priestessing that was another thing where I've held ceremony and um, ritual in various forms for many years. So it's really just another label. But in terms of the spiritualist uh, uh, aspect of it, this is where I am now. You know, mediumship is, is, seems to me that it's, it has the greatest energy, the greatest pull, the greatest magnetism for me. Because even though I was counselling for many, many, many years and I saw people change and transform, it takes a while but you can connect them with one thing that their mother has, has said to them from the other side and bam, their, their guilt drops. They can let go of the grief. They can transform. They can, they can reconnect with their husbands, you know, because their mother has reminded them of how they were when they were young. 
it is so transformative that as somebody I've always been a healer and it's the best healing tool I've come across and, and so that's part of it too. With over 25 years of experience in the healing profession, a writer for the Journal of the Association of Registered Homeopaths, the Reverend Linda Rausch is leading the way in spiritual homeopathy. And her work can be found at www.spiritualhomeopathy.co.uk. I'm Julian Jenkins, and you've been listening to That's the Spirit. Will your child be ready for kindergarten at Chesterbrook Academy Preschool? The answer is yes. Our curriculum offers the perfect balance of learning and play. Our teachers personalize that experience for each child through engaging activities that develop the skills they need to be ready for what comes next. Attend a Chesterbrook Academy open house on Saturday, January 26th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. To find a preschool near you, click the banner or visit chesterbrookacademy.com. That's chesterbrookacademy.com. Hey, you with the rhinestone dog collar. Between us dogs, I just convinced my human to upgrade to a new home with a 1,200 square foot bathroom. I think she called it a yard. With Wells Fargo's 3% down payment on a fixed rate loan, my human realized a new home was within reach. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash woof. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage. Down payments as low as 3% on a fixed rate loan require mortgage insurance. Ask a home mortgage consultant about loan requirements. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage is a division of Wells Fargo Bank N.A. Equal housing lender. NMLSR ID 399801.